Welcome to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I'm forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. There is great power in the number three. It is not only the number our brains remember most, but it is also the triad as it contains a beginning, a middle, and an end. It represents wholeness. And what better way to absorb information than from the power of three coaches? We created this show with the intention of assisting you in awakening your intuition and inner coach and to help you live your best life. We'll have real conversations and share our own personal experiences along the way. At the close of the show, we'll also offer up our own personal coaching techniques as well. Today's topic is family dynamics. As we enter this holiday season, talking about two things, family dynamics and the roles we play within those dynamics are important. There are different definitions of family dynamics, and today I'm using information from BetterUp.com and Psychology Today for our conversation. So what are family dynamics? Family dynamics are the patterns of interactions among relatives, their roles and relationships, and the various factors that shape their interactions. Basically, this is how we learn to relate to each other and the world. The good thing is that we do not have to stay stuck in these patterns. Creating awareness of this family dynamic and the roles we play gives us control to change these roles and dynamics for ourselves. Before talking about the six different types of family dynamics, I'd like to talk about a few factors that influence the dynamic. Culture, ethnicity, disabilities or chronic illness, substance use and abusive relationships, divorces, death, traumas, grief, controlling parents, or other family members. Now, there are six family dynamics we're going to talk about. Authoritarian, authoritative, competitive, uninvolved, communal, and alliance-based. One, authoritarian. This is about following the rules without any exceptions. One family member is very controlling and expects others to follow without question. If the rules aren't followed, it can be met with punishment. Authoritative. This is similar to authoritarian, yet the person in charge uses positive discipline like reward systems and praise to reinforce good behavior. Punishment is not used. The third one is competitive. Family members are in competition with each other. This creates a sense of rivalry as each person tries to outshine the others. It could be for attention, recognition, or power. Oh, and this can also be in romantic relationships where partners compete over job successes or achievements like promotions or salaries. Number four, Uninvolved. Here, family members aren't there for each other. They aren't present even when in the same room. There is a feeling of lack of support and guidance. Number five is communal. The family is a community. Each member feels like they are a contribution. They feel respected and heard. Tasks are shared. Rulemaking is shared. You are encouraged to participate. That one's amazing. And then number six, alliance-based. In this dynamic, you find certain members of the family grouped together, forming an alliance in order to gain leverage over other members. Now, let's take a look at the roles we play within these dynamics. Family roles shape how we interact with our family dynamic, but also the world. I found a great description of these roles on interchange.com. I'll be talking about six archetypal roles today. The hero, rescuer, scapegoat or black sheep, clown, lost child, and nurturer. The first one, the hero. This is the good or responsible child, a high achiever that overcompensates to avoid looking or feeling inadequate, is a good leader, goal-oriented, and self-disciplined. They can lack the ability to play, relax, follow others, or allow others to be right. 
the rescuer. They take care of the needs of others. They might have difficulty with conflict. They rescue to meet their own needs. They can live with a lot of guilt and find it challenging to focus on themselves. The scapegoat or black sheep. Family members think this person needs the most help. Their strengths could be a good sense of humor or very honest and willing to share their feelings, yet they could have an inappropriate expression of feelings and may experience social or emotional problems. The clown. They use humor to offset the family conflict and create a sense that things are okay. They do have talent to lighten the moment, yet they can be hiding their true feelings. The lost child. This child is considered the subservient good child. They are obedient, passive, and hidden in the family trauma. They are hidden to avoid being a problem. They can be flexible and easygoing, yet lack direction and can be fearful of making decisions. The last is the nurturer. They provide emotional support, create safety, and are available to others, like a mediator. They focus on having emotional needs in a balanced manner. Understanding your family dynamics and the way you grew up affects your behavior, relationships, jobs you choose, work performance, and how you relate in the world itself. Stay tuned for this episode of the Conscious Coaching Hour, where we'll be exploring family dynamics and how these dynamics and the roles we play within the dynamics shape our lives. And remember, this is a live show, and we're offering up intuitive messages and insights, so feel free to message us on our Facebook page at Love from the Hip, that's H-Y-P. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of 
of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I am intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I'm forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. On today's show, we're discussing family dynamics. If you have a question or need some advice, message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. I'm really glad that we're discussing this right now. Ooh, say more. Saying that Thanksgiving is tomorrow, right? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so, Rory, what type of family dynamic did you grow up That's, in? You know, it's tough. I'm looking over this list, and I'm thinking about everything that Brenda said. Mm-hmm. You know, the one that stands out to me, I think, is is uninvolved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that I grew up as an only child, just my mom and myself, and I, I felt that, you know, a lot of that time I was just by myself. So yeah. I think we were living in the same house, but alone, uh, even as a little kid. And so it's interesting. I, I can relate, though, if you start to look at some of the other ones, like I think I can see little aspects of, of different ones. Mm. But I think it's going to be an interesting conversation because, you know, I haven't really thought about the family dynamic. I think about yeah. what it looked like. Right. I've never put like words to it like this. It's categories and labels. So pretty mm-hmm. interesting. What about you, Sakura? Um, definitely uninvolved as well, but I wasn't the only child. In fact, I was caretaking many, many kids. <laughs> and for a period of time, we had foster drug-addicted children, so there were 10 of us oh, all together. Wow. And I have two blood brothers that are younger than me, obviously. But, yeah, so uninvolved in the sense that my parents were always working to put food on the table. And so I was the one in charge at such a young age. And then I would also say authoritarian because my mother ruled the roost and you would not dare (laughs) cross my mother. There were circumstances. Um, But then also I felt, interestingly, a communal feeling, but that was with my extended family as a whole. Mm. Like each of us nuclear families had our own dysfunctions, but together it's it's, it's as if everything just fell off when we were together in the same room. Mm. So what about for you, Brenda? Yeah, the research on this was interesting. Like you, Rory, I never thought, I mean, you kind of think about the way you grow up, but you don't think about the way you grow up. Like specifically when you see words, it's like, oh, darn, that stinks, you know, when you see these. So for me, the same. No wonder, you know, we like each other, Sakura. (laughs) (laughs) We can relate. Yes, the uninvolved with that authoritarian because I grew up most of my life with the mom, Mm -hmm. you know, single mom. But, you know, we've had a few marriages thrown in there with her. So we've had, you know, went from three kids to nine kids back to five kids. And, you know, so that was that going on all the time. So uninvolved. It was a very confusing way of parenting of, of, as a child, right? Because I got in charge of the younger kids mm-hmm. like you. And then, but then the mom would step in and become more authoritarian. And I would be in trouble, you know, and have to, wasn't following the rules and, it was very confusing. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so, yeah, so it's it's nice to see. That, I mean, in the fact of you, th- you both you know, you can relate to the uninvolved, mm-hmm. you know, and we kind of look at it differently, too. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what about the roles that you? So, yeah, so as right. I was looking at the roles, I'm like going, well, I could be a mix of all of these. But, you know, what uh-huh. stood out for me was definitely the rescuer, because I can look at my adult life and see that. Right. But but also and also kind of a mediator, 
to always wanting to keep the peace. So I was looking at this going, okay, this is kind of the lost child too, because mm. I was trying to be the good girl, like the hero. So it's this, it's a mix for me, but definitely more of like the mediator. But I, I grew up feeling lost. Did you grow up like that? Feeling yeah, lost? Because you didn't have direction or guidance. Yeah. You're really bad at making decisions. Yes, right? really bad at making decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Bad and I would at agree making with you. decisions or have a hard time making decisions. Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make Are you saying you make bad choices or it's just difficult to make a decision? I think both. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. That's, that's a really good question, though, Rory. Because, yeah, I think both too. Because sometimes it was just hard to make the decision, especially when you're in a rescuer, when you're trying to be the mediator, and when you're trying to kind mm-hmm. of help be, you know, like, I don't want to get it wrong. And your and parents it, weren't around the to parents weren't around. give you feedback of whether or not that was the right decision to make. Well, yeah. And then with my mom, sometimes I'd make the decision and then I'd get in trouble for right. it. Right. So that goes so back you to second that. Second guess yourself. After second that, yeah. guess, and so I grew up with that, and so in my adult life, it's like, ugh, I don't know if I want to make a decision. <laughs> I had a trouble with that, especially in my twenties. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to it's like it's okay to stand for yourself. Mm, no, I think that led to my codependence. You know, the rescuer and kind of that lost child feeling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was like you, Brenda, but I'm also a Pisces, right? So uh, we're a little bit of every sign. Yes. <laughs> we like to just be the melting pot. Yes. So I can see myself playing all the roles, mm-hmm. but especially the black sheep. Because, uh, I mean, uh. you know, seeing and hearing dead people isn't really <laughs> common. <laughs> as well as growing up mixed ethnicity and studying Buddhism in a Hasidic Jewish neighborhood, right? So outside of my family and the acceptance there. Yeah. Um, but the rescuer, the nurturer, mm-hmm. I could see all of those things as well. What about for you, Rory? I mean, the first one that stood out is lost child, right? Yeah. Because of that dynamic of just feeling like you're alone and by mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. But then I'd say the nurture, the thing, and it's interesting to talk about the difference between the rescuer and the nurture. It feels like the rescuer to me at times is always rescuing people, but at the cost of themselves. Correct. Like they yeah. don't have very good boundaries. Where the nurture feels like maybe more of a mediator. Maybe you're not getting lost where you are in the process, but you're constantly always trying to make sure everybody else is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like they're slightly different. Uh, I would say I don't think of myself as a child as being a nurturer, but the way I act now, and I'm assuming that that's probably how I was as a child, right? Thinking about uh, my mom, making sure she's okay, making sure she's not upset, trying to be a good kid. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... Yeah, and the the hero, the responsible child came in for me when I read that. It's like, ooh, because yeah. it, it was that responsibility. You, had to be. you and you understand that, right? right. And having like you were responsible for yourself, yeah. probably. You know, I'm responsible not only for us, but we had to give so much of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, and I really resonated with that. They don't know how to have fun. You know, like that the hero or the good child doesn't know how to have fun because. There's been so many times in my adult life, it's like, no, responsibility first. Yeah, there was no time for fun. There's no time for fun. And when it was, you know, there was no, like, okay, let's have fun, but let's plan it. It's kind of like being spontaneous, right? (laughs) I can plan spontaneity, you know, but it didn't leave room for that creativity or that because I had my childhood taken away. Right. Well, you're just programmed to always be taking care of things. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when do you have time to have fun? And I think also the hero archetype brings out the overachieving because you don't for me I didn't want to be a burden yeah right I already felt like a burden because I was the first person to feel the wrath of anything going on right it was my fault so in order to also not be a burden I just did really really well in school 
Yeah. I don't know if it was the same for you, Brenda. Yeah, really, really well. And wanting to exceed all the expectations, Mm -hmm. you know. And if not, I failed. Yeah. Right. And then you're really, really hard on yourself. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I set myself up good for that negative self-talk. Right. Well, that's what we were used to, right? (laughs) I feel like that now, but not as a child, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. That is. I feel like I have very high standards. You know, everything has got to be perfect. As a child, I don't. I didn't feel like that. I don't look back. And I definitely did not do that in school. Like, I did not care about school. There was no <laughs> punishment for doing good or doing mm-hmm. bad in school. Yeah. So I, I definitely didn't feel like I had to meet some bar when I was a child. Yeah. Maybe outside of just, like I said, being good. Yeah. Not getting in trouble. Yeah, I think there's different flavors of it, like you're talking about, too. Because, you know, whatever we've gone through in childhood is usually what we bring forward yeah. into mm-hmm. adult life. So it may not look the same. But like that, somewhere in there, maybe learning mm-hmm. that to where now I've got a higher yeah, standard. Yeah, it expresses itself. Yeah. So I have a quick question. When I read authoritarian, it sounds negative. Mm-hmm. But when I read authoritative, it sounds kind of positive. Yes. I'm curious what you guys think about that. Yeah, reward systems. Yeah, it's like positive. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I had a client that that's how they raised their children. There was still structure. Yeah, because you have to have this. But it was positive, like this positive psychology, or it was positive parenting, mm-hmm. and and it's a thing. And I'm like, wow, that's different, <laughs> you know. When she was talking to me about it, but there was classes on it, and there's ways to do it, and there's this whole thing about it. So I didn't know that's what now, you know. In doing the research, it was like, oh, I wouldn't call it necessarily authoritative, mm-hmm. um, but maybe because authority doesn't have to be bad. Yeah. Right. So when I look at it that way, but authoritarian. I've also, Sounds. you know, had clients and experienced myself yeah. when so, you've got to do it this way. And I think that's what we got from our teachers, right? Or that's what I sought out from my teachers. And that's why I mm-hmm. tried to do so well so I could get that response from them or that role that was missing in that way, for sure. Now, do you feel that the role will change depending upon who you're around? I think so. You, Rory? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen myself... I often call myself a chameleon because yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like I adapt to my surroundings mm-hmm. and to the people that I'm with. And so it bothers me sometimes, right? Because I'll see myself act in a way that's different than I want to. And I'm like, oh, why am I doing that, right? <laughs> um, so 100%, I, I definitely do that. Yeah, I think we do that around family yeah, too, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, thinking about the holidays and, you know, walking in. It was so funny. I heard somebody say this, and this is really, it just hit me really well. It was like, okay, you have permission to stay the same biological age you are right now (laughs) when you walk through the door of your family, of the family home, Uh right? You have permission. And it was like, I never thought of it that way. And I went, oh my gosh, yeah, because I've seen people revert and people talk about it. It's like, why do I let them you know, push my buttons? And why right. do I feel this way and angry when they constantly ask me, why aren't you in a relationship mm-hmm. or whatever it is? Yeah, because we've worked really hard or I know I have to move out of the role, right? Or yes. just staying stuck in it anyway. Yeah. I mean, I identify with it, but I don't need to stay stuck in it anymore. No, right? and I love that you have the awareness mm-hmm. that that's how it was. And so you've do- you're doing the work and have done the work to change that. And I think that's super key. But still, the minute I walk through the door, I'm five. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I totally get that. I think for me, it's just playing that mediator role is tough, right? Yeah. Because then that's, you want to make sure everything is. Everyone's okay. Everybody's okay, which mm-hmm. means sometimes you have to 
to change the way you act to make sure someone else is okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously, that's not the best thing It's exhausting doing all that, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) But I think that's also where the shadow side of these archetypes come in, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for nurturer, you're really bad at receiving, which I've Mm -hmm. been bad at receiving. Yes. (laughs) And then for black sheep, you end up being codependent in relationships because you're looking for that love and support and nurturing that you didn't have or get as a child. Absolutely. So I think until we are able to then heal, right, that shadow side or or get the emotions or the things we didn't get when we were a child in our family dynamic is when we become aware and can heal and then move through it. Yeah, I think being aware of that shadow side is important. And, you know, because we have to have we have both. Mm -hmm. And so that awareness, again, is really big and noticing that I feel this way when I'm around these people or this person versus this other person. I think that's a good way to notice it because that's what I felt. It's like, oh, when I was around my grandmother, it's like I could never do anything right. Where my mom was all like, well, I don't care. You know, so (laughs) it was, you know, you learn to be different people then, Mm -hmm. you know, and so that shadow side I think is really a key because I learned that my needs don't matter with like the grandmother. You just had to do it the right way, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, I look. I mean, it's interesting to look at all these because some of them, right off the bat, seem very positive, and some of them seem more negative. But you're right; there's two sides of the coin, right? Right, and you're, and you know, you look at the rescuer, and the rescuer sounds very positive in the sense that you're always helping people, you're always taking care of people. Like, how is that not the most amazing thing? Mm-hmm. But then, at what cost, right? The how's guilt. Your, how's your mm-hmm. well, and how's your health doing? Are you do you have <laughs> are you taking care of yourself? Right. Are you sleeping? Are your needs being met? Like. There is a cost to being. A I'm rescuer. raising There's my co- hand on that one. Yeah, right? yeah. It sounds so noble, and you see yeah. it, yeah. and it's like, oh, that's, but uh, but then I know people like this, and I see them, and I'm like, when's the last time you slept? Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> are you okay? I know. Have you been eating? Like, you know, it just comes at a, at a so true in the exaggerated form, right? It's in the mm-hmm. exaggerated form. Well, There's and, not balance. And no matter how dysfunctional our family dynamic was growing up, we choose our family. Yes. Right? And I believe we choose our family to not only know ourselves better, but to understand how to love, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I think, as I said earlier, having done the work to move through this whole black sheep and all the other archetypes, I've been able to kind of cut that spiritual cord with my family mm-hmm. in a sense where I, I don't view myself as they view me, right? Right. And then it's so freeing, right? You're making decisions and choices from that new perspective of yourself because the old perspective is what they viewed of you, right? It kept you small, but it kept you safe. So I like that you brought that up. And especially as we're talking family dynamics or holidays, right? Is, is being aware of that, that they may not see you as the person you are today. Right. But as long as you see you, there's a way, you know, that you can stand in your truth. And this is something I share with people. It's like, and just because their family doesn't mean, if it's a toxic situation and you don't feel good there, you don't have to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know who made up the rule, yeah. <laughs> right? That said, you know, family's thicker, you know, what is it? Blood, Blood is thicker, thicker than, than water. water. And that, you know, you have to, family will always be there. That has not been the case for me. And that is not the case for a lot of people. My chosen family is there for me more than my actual biological family. Mm-hmm. And I know that's got to be more of a norm maybe than, you know, than the exception. Right. Right. Yeah. I like this concept, the spiritual concept that you come in here and you choose your mm-hmm. family and that there's lessons to be learned. Yep. 
as you're talking, though, the interesting thing is, like any relationship, when do you decide that you've learned what you need to learn and, and walk away? Yeah. And so a lot of people feel like, like you said, oh, I just, this is family. I just have to keep doing this. It's like, well, was that what you would do in an intimate partnership? You would just, right. and some people do, right? Some people decide well, to tough it out. I was going to say, that's where I finally learned to stop it was having intimate relationship after intimate relationship that was very toxic and matching my mother wound or my relationship with my mother. Right. And I, that's when I realized I have to stop this. And when I did, it was as if I was emitting a different radio frequency. Yeah. You know, I would elevate myself and therefore the men I was dating would elevate. It was kind of like being in a video game where you get new <laughs> skills and new moves, you know, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 100%. I think it, if you can look at it for what it is, right. that it was an opportunity mm-hmm. to learn, to grow, to change. And then at some point, if it's not good for you, what are you going to do about it? Right? Right. Keep subjecting yourself to that or... Right. Go find, go create your new family. Go choose your yes. new family. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You do have a choice. You do. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, how the roles can get reversed. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that you're dealing with this right now, Brenda, yeah. with your husband. Yeah. Yeah, we do have that. So, like, a lot of people I talk to have the parents as the reversal, right, the yeah. roles. Um, with mine, it's the spouse. So, but it, but it also is my mother. Mm, see? see, the mother wound. The mother wound. <laughs> so learning about that and really healing in that has helped me to shift and accept the role reversal in a much better way for myself, more compassion for right. myself and for him in that way because I'm healing another layer of the mother wound mm. through him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's teaching you how to love. Exactly. It's amazing. It is. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. And if you have a question about family dynamics or would like an intuitive message, message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip, that's HYP. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? No problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits, leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast, and affordable. What a concept. Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range 
range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind. Erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I'm forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. On today's show, we're discussing family dynamics. If you have a question or need some advice, message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. All right. Well, let's go to some of our messages we received for today. Eric, can you help us out? Sure. Reggie from Juno says... I've definitely felt like the black sheep in my family, but I feel the pandemic has made it even worse because we have opposing views in so many areas. Is there a way to move past this or should I care to? (laughs) Sakura, black sheep. (laughs) Yes, as the resident black sheep of my family and with most of my peers growing up, I say embrace it. Honestly, the black sheep, and this is what I came to understand, does the most growing because you have to. You're also the most independent, right? And you have a stronger sense of yourself. And you essentially feel the most free because there are not a lot of high expectations that are put upon you. And also as a black sheep, you, you know, everything that goes wrong is placed upon you. So you end up having better coping skills and you aren't wasting time or energy trying to fit in. But that being said, I do believe it's still important, as we expressed earlier, to kind of work on that shadow side or any emotion or anything that you didn't receive growing up being the black sheep so that you're not stuck in it, so it doesn't consume you. Um, and and I also recommend holding space for your family members at this time. You know, I know it's challenging, and believe me, during COVID, I was holding, like, the space of a football field <laughs> for my family. <laughs> but that's what I have to say. Uh, go ahead, Rory. I would just say I think there's a lot of people that feel like black sheep right now because there's just so many opposing views going on. That's true. And so this is... Very common. <laughs> and I think for me, it's, I think I just am careful about what I talk about with certain people. I know that there's just certain subjects that are probably best not to discuss. And so I think if you can be in a situation where you can avoid <laughs> discussing things that are challenging, and then you can get through it, and you still have an overall positive experience, then I'd say go for it. I do not like to put myself in situations where I don't enjoy being around people, right? Mm. It's just not, I don't enjoy fighting or yelling or screaming or the way I feel when I leave. So I would avoid it at all costs if I didn't think I could get through it. And the way I think I get through it is just, I know like certain things are just somewhat off limits or you can be the bigger person, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can allow people to say their views and just listen to them and say, Mm -hmm. I hear what you're saying and like, you know, that's interesting and you don't have to get into this like back and forth tit for tat, right? It's like, so it, as, as Sakura said, I think the black sheeps have that opportunity to sometimes rise above it, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. It, it can be really hard. So I think you have to decide if you want to put yourself in that situation and challenge yourself, mm-hmm. right? Or you just want to kind of <laughs> avoid it altogether. <laughs> well, and I think um, when you mentioned the pandemic made it worse, I kind of think the pandemic helped bring up all of these little mm-hmm. dust bunnies that, mm-hmm. that were in the family anyway, but nobody said anything. Right. But now, because of this black sheet, because of this divide, people are really learning what is important to them and not important to them and what's toxic and not toxic in that way. And so I agree with what both of you shared, um, too, because of the fact that 
you know, we do have opposing views, but maybe they've been there all along. We just put up with it. Mm -hmm. And so now as a black sheep, you can be more honest, right? That's one of the positive sides of that is like, hey, look. And um, what you were talking about, Rory brought up the boundary thing for me. And it's being able to set them ahead of time. Hey, before, you know, we meet together for the holiday or any gathering, can we have a kind of agree that we will not talk politics, we will not talk religion, whatever it is that seems to be the thing. And then also, if that can't happen, because sometimes it's like, well, no, you know, if that can't happen, then having some go-to statements, like you were talking about, Rory, having some go-to, like, you know, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to engage in this conversation. I want to keep it light. So (laughs) I'm not going to. And if you guys continue to do that, then I'm going to leave. Right? Right. It takes courage. Or you could be like my family when I start talking about Bigfoot or aliens, they just <laughs> stop listening altogether. Oh, you can talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. I still bring it up. Yeah, you I mean, could. I think, I'm not going to suppress who I, I am. Think you just have to decide how important is it to you to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about politics. Can you be in a room with people that have opposing views and not have to state your view? Can mm-hmm. you just listen? Or do you, because mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen <laughs> yes. when you say, I have a completely opposing view. For a lot of people, there's just not that space where people are even willing to listen. So it is a choice. Like, you don't have to engage. No. And you can do it in a very calm way. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And and then you have to let go of how they are going to respond. Right? Yeah. And you just have to be okay with other people's views that are not the same as yours either. Right? Not take it personally. I think Mm -hmm. that's one thing I've learned to do better. Right. Is to be able to sit in that. It's like we all have our different opinions and choices. And so you're right on that. I agree. It's like being able to go, okay, can I sit with this? Unless they get too crazy. Yeah. Which they can. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's extremes. You can just go get another piece of pie. right? (laughs) (laughs) Just feed your mouth. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) All right. I hope that helps you, Reggie. All right, Eric. Juliana from Tacoma says, I always choose the same type of women, and so far that hasn't turned out well for me. What can I do to help me attract partners that are more healthy for me? Who wants to start with that one? You can start. Oh, boy. (laughs) Ooh, yeah, let's hear it. I mean, I think, you know, we attract what we put out. Mm -hmm. So, and (laughs) unfortunate as that may sound, (laughs) right, it's, it's an opportunity to look at ourselves and go, hmm. Yeah. Like, what am I putting out? Yeah. What is my self-talk? Mm-hmm. You know, why am I attracted to this certain type of person? It's really an opportunity for you to start asking some really important questions about what you want and who you are and why you continue to get these same type of people. It is 100% possible to change. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's, you know, like I'll change. It's, it takes time. But yeah. it's all about you. Like you are attracting what you put out. Yeah. Well, and I think going back to knowing who we are is really like you were talking about, Sakura, doing the inner work Mm -hmm. is so valuable in this because you don't know who you are, right? It's like I was doing, I kept attracting the same guys thinking it was their problem, (laughs) right? Right. Until all of a sudden after the fourth marriage, (laughs) no third, that, you know, it was like, oh crap, there's, it's me, Mm -hmm. you know, I am. So, and then I had to take a look at what roles had I played? Where's the codependence? Where did I learn that from? And, and why am I recreating this pattern? Oh, to get my attention so I can make a change. So it is about us. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. 
So you can heal. And you were yeah. talking about that a little mm-hmm. while ago. Oh, yeah. You know, abusive about... relationships, yes. men with severe PTSD. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And if you're the rescuer yeah. mm-hmm. and you don't know it. Yep. And then you keep getting in relationships where you're rescuing people mm-hmm. and you don't like the way that feels. You got to, you know, you have to first have that understanding that, oh, I'm the rescuer. Mm-hmm. This is the part I've been playing. This is the part that I play naturally. Yes. And there are some positives to it and there are some negatives. And that's where you have that opportunity to have better boundaries about whatever your archetype is or right. maybe to move into a totally different archetype. And this, this is learned. It's not necessary. It's not innate. We have learned to be this way. That's the that's why I got so excited about the family <laughs> dynamic and the roles, because when I can learn that, I can change it. Right. I can't Stay change aware. something right that I don't know is there. So, you know, for you, Juliana, is like take a look at these roles and the family dynamic and just go, what role have you played? What lesson maybe or gift is in this for me mm-hmm. to be able to come back home to myself? And hypnotherapy right? is great for that. Very right? good for that. So that you can't change the past, but you can change your perspective of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what hypnotherapy helps you with. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. And, and I just say that there's an opportunity on both sides, right? When you are in that relationship and that dynamic, and if you don't like it, there's an opportunity for both people to change. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So it takes that understanding of like, oh, I'm playing this role. There's some issues with this role, mm-hmm. having conversations about it. And maybe both people can adjust and it can still work. Like that dynamic can work out. Yeah, but without that understanding, and without that work, it's... Yeah, it's the purpose of a relationship, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's to grow and heal, mm-hmm. right? That's what the purpose of them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like it. I hope that helps you, Juliana. All right, Eric? Henry from Eugene says, I always feel like I need to be careful around my partner. I'm constantly walking on eggshells because I don't want to cause waves. Yet I get so mad at myself for doing this. Help! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we get you, Henry. <laughs> uh, I spent most of my life walking on eggshells, so I understand that and did that with my partner um, all the time, along with my family. That's because you you're a mother, right? Well, yes. Mostly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, you know, I learned this uh, being like the rescuer, mm-hmm. right, and a nurturer, because that's the shadow side of the nurturer, too, is like giving too much mm-hmm. to the other side. And so not want, but what caught my attention was, not wanting to cause waves. Mm-hmm. And so that's the part where that's our responsibility. Right. I have learned, you have learned somewhere along the way that we don't matter. We're not worthy enough. No one will listen or care. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of these roles that we play. And so when we can identify, so I would say identify with some of these, see where you identify with these roles in the dynamic that you chose, since we're talking about that, but also see about what is the feeling that you have, where is it in your body, what is it, and so that you can identify it and see what, where it was familiar, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I always go to that because I can feel it in my gut right now, <laughs> you know? It's like, <laughs> don't want to cause waves. It like, takes so much mm-hmm. energy to do that. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and you don't have to. And like you were just saying, Rory, it's, it is about, you know, kind of knowing who we are and standing up in that and and having the courage and talking to your partner yeah. about it. What about you two? I hated confrontation too until my body confronted me, right? Yeah. And said enough is enough. I was walking on eggshells in every relationship too. Yeah. But it was time I had to, as Brenda was saying, make the choice, make the decision, and make it for myself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I've had the same experience. It's not fun. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's taxing, it's tiring, it's stressful, it's exhausting. And yeah, it is an opportunity for 
you to be able to recognize that and recognize that your feelings and opinion and what you want are valid and to speak up for it. And hopefully it'll all work out okay after that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that helps you, Henry. All right. We have time for one more question. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, Karina from San Jose says, I grew up in a family that always had to struggle and work hard. And so I learned to do that too. I'm now in a place where I'm no longer feeling the need to suffer and therefore aren't. And, and it is as though my family is having a hard time relating to me. Any advice? <laughs> oh, Sakura. Yeah, I can relate. <laughs> I'm actually experiencing this right now, having you know been newly married and going through, a, it's just different. Everything's different. But as I said earlier, I had to cut that spiritual cord with my family. And that doesn't mean that I love them any less. In fact, I actually love them more because I can appreciate my involvement in the roles that I played mm-hmm. and and look back at the experiences and the decisions and everything that was wrapped around that to better understand, right, and to yeah. heal and to move on. And it's, it's so liberating. I, I highly suggest that you do that. Do you have experience with this, Rory? I would just say, to add on to what Sakura mentioned, is that people will change if you change your dynamic. Mm. It's impossible for someone to treat you the same if you change your dynamic. And so, yeah, you know, it's empowering to know that, that if mm-hmm. you show up differently, people will react differently. There's well, just some energetic, <laughs> chemical, They fumble because they don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. But that's not your problem. Mm-hmm. Nope. Your problem is knowing that if I change the way my energy and the way that I show up, it will affect everyone around me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say congratulations on no longer feeling like you have to suffer. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's you. do kudos and, you know, <laughs> right. clap and yeah. raise our hands and celebrate it because that's really important. Mm-hmm. There's too many people suffering today or thinking that they have to. Yeah. Right, because of the way they grew up, or I don't want to be better than my family, and all of those beliefs and those feelings. And so, I really like what you shared, both yeah. of you. And, and, and you know, and Sakura, I like how you shared you and what you're going through and how you feel today because it is liberating, mm-hmm. you know, very liberating. And if we go back to that courage word, it does take some courage to stand up and say, you know, I'm choosing a different way, or no, there's no even words, your yeah. actions will show that. Mm-hmm. And I love how you said that you can honor it now. That's huge. <laughs> and so, yeah. So congratulations Thank to you. you and good <laughs> luck, Karina, because it can happen. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break, but everyone stick around for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. 
That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R dot com. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I'm forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. Be sure to also check us out on Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Timber Country, and 9 p.m. South African time on Cape Town Zone Radio 88.5 FM. It's time for Sakura's Spiritual Sense. Yay. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, let's ask Spirit or the Universe for more guidance on today's topic. And today I'll be pulling a card from Oracle of Mystical Moments by Katrin Weltstein. And the card is... Can you hear me? I love that. (laughs) Right? So I know you can't see this card, so I'll describe it for you. On this card, which is a a woman wrapped in a shell with her lower portion of her body immersed in the gray sea. In her right hand, she holds a conch shell, which is just hanging above the surface of the water, while her other hand is positioned on her left hip. This woman is feeling sad as well as exhausted about not being heard. She has not only tried using the shell horn in her hand to amplify her voice and get her beliefs across, but she, too, became a shell to emphasize who she is even more. Her left hand on her left hip also tells us that she disagrees and is frustrated with how people are reacting when she speaks. Through this image, the message for you I'm getting is not not everyone is meant to hear you, especially your family. The choosing of your family was not because... They could hear you best. No, no. In fact, it was to challenge you to speak your truth even louder. But there will be those few in your family, perhaps in your extended family, or maybe the family you create outside of your birth family, who will hear you. And when they do, you will experience this magical feeling inside of you as if your light has been re-sparked. Spirit is also reminding you to keep speaking. For those who do not hear your words at the time you say them, They will indeed hear them later, when they need them most. Spirit also wants you to know that sometimes you are not being heard because you are speaking from a place that has kept you small, from an old way of being, or from the very place that your family kept you in order to keep you safe because they thought the world would have a harder time understanding you when really you understood and understand the world and others more than most. So stand tall and speak from that place of knowing that place you worked so hard to return to once again. I love that. Yeah, that was great. I can so relate to that speaking from a place of being small. Right. That is so, I love your intuitive sense. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Brenda brings it back around. So self-awareness is key to understanding how our family roles impact us and our emotional well-being. 
we bring forward those early dynamics into our relationships with others and even our jobs. Other people can remind us of our siblings or parents, like we talked about, and we can feel activated or triggered. A lack of self-awareness makes it difficult to recognize this behavior and respond to it in a healthy way, while self-awareness offers an insight into what we had to be like growing up in that certain family dynamic, and it gives us the choice to make the changes for our own growth and those around us. Setting boundaries is a part of self-awareness and something most of us didn't have modeled when we were younger. Here are a couple steps to set up those boundaries. Number one, know that boundaries are your right. They help us feel safe and protected. So write out some statements to remind you of your rights. Two examples are, I have the right to feel safe, or I have the right to ask for my needs to be met. Number two, know your core values. You can Google ideas for core values, and I want you to whittle them down to three to four that encompass what's important to you right now. Some examples are health and fitness, spirituality, diversity, and respect. Now ask yourself a few questions around these values to help you create your boundary. A, what will I allow in my life around, say, health and fitness? And B, what am I willing to tolerate around health and fitness? And C, what will I not allow in my life around health and fitness? And the third step is create your boundary and share it with people in a loving way. You can use a statement like, when you joke around about my workout schedule, I do not feel respected. How can we work together on this? And then fourth step is setting boundaries can feel scary, especially if we have a fear of rejection. Yet setting healthy boundaries improves our relationships and can help us overcome low self-esteem and anxiety. So keep setting boundaries. I love that. Me too. And there is that sense of confrontation when you're setting a boundary too, right? Mm -hmm. But they're so liberating. It is. It doesn't have to feel like that, but it seems so scary, right? right? It's new. All you're doing is making yourself clear. (laughs) You're putting yourself first. (laughs) Yeah. Which is so, yeah, hard to do. It is hard. Here's Rory's Reflections. For many of us, family is one of the most important aspects of our lives. Whether biological or chosen, our family members are often the people we rely on for support during challenging times. But like all relationships, there are dynamics at play that strongly influence how we see ourselves, others, and the world around us. Our families are where we first learn to relate. For most of us, these patterns of behavior and interaction persist far into adulthood. But family isn't destiny. Once we become aware of how our family upbringing and dynamics have influenced us, we have more control over whether those dynamics shape our perceptions and actions moving forward. Positive or negative, our family dynamics and the way we grew up offer us opportunities to learn more about ourselves, what it means to be human, and ideally lay the groundwork for deep and profound personal transformation. Some good stuff right there. That was. You wrapped that up beautifully. Oh, good. I'm glad <laughs> wow. I could contribute. I love how you said family isn't destiny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, we create our own destiny, right? We do, right? We, we, do. Have a, we have a choice. Yeah, and some people feel stuck. You they know, do. They feel like it. that's it, and it's like, no, honey, it's not it. <laughs> right. I, I think it comes to that, down to that, like, needing acceptance. Yeah. Right? You don't need acceptance from everyone. Yeah. Just choose the people that are the most important in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We want to thank Eric, our talented producer, KKNW, Timber Country, Cape Town Zone Radio, and you, the listener. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share our podcast, The Conscious Coaching Hour, which you can find under Love from the Hip, that's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. And what are we talking about on our next show? 
On our next show, we'll be discussing the topic of resilience, what it is, why it's important, and how to build more of it into our daily lives. I like that. Do you love the show? Have a question you would like us to answer on the air? Follow us, like us, and message us on Instagram or Facebook at Love from the Hip, and that's H-Y-P. You can find me at SakuraSutter.com. You can find me at RoryReich.com. You can find me at BrendaReeseCoaching.com. Tune in every month on Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. on AM 1150 KKNW and Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Timber Country and 9 p.m. South African Time on Cape Town's 88.5 FM for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. Where we help you awaken your intuition and inner coach so you can live your best life.